Chapter 25, Book of Vayikra, begins with the law of the sabbatical year, Shemitah. And the first verse is Vayidaber Hashem el Moshe Bahar Sinai Lemar. God spoke to Moshe at Mount Sinai. Rashi cites the Midrash that famously asks, Ma'inyan Shemitah Eitzel Har Sinai? That is to say, why are the laws of the Shemitah, the sabbatical year, specifically connected to Har Sinai? And the question that is being asked is that the book of Ayikra, in the book of Ayikra, God speaks essentially from the tent of meeting, from the Om Oed, from the Mishkan, from between the cherubs above the ark. That's how the book begins. And suddenly in chapter 25, God speaks to Moshe Bahar Sinai. Why specifically are the laws of Shemitah connected to Mount Sinai? Rashi has his interpretation. And Nachmanides, the Ramban, offers his interpretation. And that's, I believe, a very significant interpretation. What Nachmanides noted was that the beginning of chapter 5, God spoke to Moshe at Har Sinai, has as a closure the end of chapter 26. 26 is the admonition, the blessing and the curse. If one observe my commandments, keep the covenant, blessings, and if not, reprisal, punishment. And the end of chapter 26, the last verse of chapter 26, the next chapter is Ela Chukim Vamishpatim Viatorot Ashenotan Hashem Benovein Bene Israel Bahar Sinai. Biyad Moshe. These are the laws, rules, and instructions that God established through Moshe on Mount Sinai between God and the Israelite people. So there's a closure, one might say, an envelope structure here. It begins with Sinai and ends with Sinai. And in between, in chapter 25, the sabbatical year and attendant laws and rules, 26, the admonition, the blessing, and the curse. So Nachmanides' understanding is the following. That actually, the, these two chapters, 25-26, are connected to the book of Exodus. The book of Vayikra, from one perspective, is a standalone book with the laws of the sacrifices, the role of the priest, ritual impurity and purity. But at the end of the book, it returns to the story of Sinai. And what is the story of Sinai? The story of Sinai is the story of a set of laws. People stand at Sinai. Sinai is not only a set of laws. The tablets are called the tablets of the covenant, Tabrit. And when Israel followed the golden calf, made the golden calf, worshipped the golden calf, it was not just a violation but as it were, a breaking of the covenant as represented by Moshe breaking the tablets. The covenant, if not broken, is minimally suspended and then begins the hard work of reconciliation, of putting things together. The book of Exodus ended with a second set of tablets, the construction of the Mishkan, and the cloud of God, which is above, above the Mishkan, the cloud and the fire at night, as they travel through the desert. But the book of Ayikra then describes what happens inside this Mishkan, what happens inside the tabernacle.
and the end of the book takes us back to the broken covenant. The covenant is not a new covenant in chapter 25 and 26, not a new covenant, but it is a, one might say, a restatement or a reformulation of the covenant in the form of blessings and curses, especially after the covenant have been violated. And so the Torah, when it is going back in a sense to, to the Shemitah, is actually mentioned in chapter 23 in the book of Exodus, within that section that the Torah calls the Sefer Habrit, the book of the covenant, one of the rules there refers to the Shemitah in chapter 23 of Exodus. But there, it's not a lengthy description of the Shemitah. It's a brief description of the Shemitah, uh, which will be expanded upon in our, in our chapter. This is chapter 23, verse number 10. V'sheishonim tizrat ha'tzecha v'yosavta t'vuata For six years you may sow your field, gather the wheat, gather the produce, v'ashviyit tishmetena unetashta. But in the seventh year, <coughs> you shall let it rest and lie fallow. V'yochu evyonei amecha v'yitram tochal chayat ha'sadeh. The needy among you will eat of it. And what they leave, the wild animals eat. Do the same for your vineyard and your olive groves. So it's mentioned, but now the Torah picked out one particular law. The law of the sabbatical year expanded it, and this law becomes symbolic of the entire Torah. It's a symbol. And... The choice of this particular law is not accidental because in looking at the book of Exodus, if you have to pick out one covenantal mitzvah, it's got to be the Sabbath. It's got to be the Shabbat. The Shabbat is mentioned, of course, in conjunction with the man. The manna falls. Six days a week you collect the man. But in chapter 16 of Exodus, on Friday, on the sixth day, you collect a double portion. But don't go out on the seventh day to collect the man. Chapter 16. Then, of course, in the Ten Commandments, the Shabbat is mentioned. A lengthy paragraph. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it whole. And then twice in conjunction with the building of the Mishkan, both in the instructions, chapter 31 of Exodus, which closes the instructions of building the Mishkan. And again, in chapter 35, just prior to the actual construction of the Mishkan, once again, Moshe gathers all the people, Vayakel Moshe, and gives instructions about the observance of the Shabbat. In fact, not only that, but when the Moshe had approached Paro and requested that the Israelites be allowed to go into the desert to serve God, and Paro said to Moshe, there's so many people, Hin Rabbi Matem Hishbatem, you would cause them to cease from labor. So for Pharaoh, there's no Sabbath. There's no Shabbat. When one works for God, there's a Shabbat. And now what the Torah does is takes this mitzvah, which is, in the book of Exodus, the mitzvah that represents the covenant. It's called an oath. It's called the Brit, a sign in the covenant in chapter 31. And around this particular mitzvah, as representing all of the mitzvot, 
it reformulates the covenant. The covenant is reformulated in terms of blessings and curses of chapter 26, and that's why the 26th chapter ends with Har Sinai. These are the laws that God has instructed, the laws, the instructions, for Har Sinai. And it is very interesting when one looks at chapter 26, the next chapter, one notices that the only mitzvah the Torah actually mentioned in chapter 26 is the mitzvah of the Shemitah, of the sabbatical year, and it mentions it several times. It mentions it in chapter 26 towards the end. That's in chapter 26. Verse number 43. The land shall be forsaken of them, making up for its Sabbath years. That's in chapter 26, verse number 43. Earlier, chapter 6, verse number 34. Then the land will make up for its Sabbath years. The punishment for breaking the covenant in chapter 26 is exile. And the land will make up for the years that you violated the sabbatical years. You didn't keep the sabbatical year. You worked during the sabbatical year. You have to make up for it when you're in exile, because the land will lie fallow, oz tirzel aretz et shabtotera. Verse number 34, and the Torah repeated it, oz tishbata aretz v'etzat et shabtotera. Ko yemei hashamot tishbot. Throughout the time that it's, it is desolate, it shall observe the rest, that it did not observe in your Sabbath years while you were dwelling upon it. So the book of Ayikra, and this is the point that the Ramban is emphasizing, should not be read simply as a standalone book, but rather part of the larger biblical narrative, part of that central story of rupture of covenant that we call the golden calf, and then the reconciliation and the restoration and the reformulation in, in terms of blessing and curse of chapter 26, but the symbolic mitzvah representing all mitzvot is the mitzvah, is the observance of the sabbatical year.